The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And there is no health in us, but thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Bear thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalms 37, verses 1 through 24, beginning on page 384. Fret not thyself because of the ungodly, neither be thou envious against the evildoers. For they shall soon be cut down like grass, and be withered even as a green herb. Put thou thy trust in the Lord, and be doing good. Dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed. Delight thou in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desire of thy heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord, and put thy trust in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall make thy righteousness as clear as the lanes as the noonday. Hold thee still in the Lord, and abide patiently upon him. But grieve not thyself at him whose way doth prosper against the man that doeth after evil counsels. Leave off from wrath, and let go displeasure. Fret not thyself, else shalt thou be moved to do evil. Wicked doers shall be rooted out and they that patiently abide the Lord, those shall inherit the land. Yet a little while, and the ungodly shall be clean gone. Thou shalt look after his place, and he shall be away. But the meek-spirited shall possess the earth, and shall be refreshed in the multitude of peace. The ungodly seeketh counsel against the just, and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh him to scorn, for he hath seen that his day is coming. The ungodly have drawn out the sword, and have bent their bow, to cast down the poor and needy, and to slay such as be upright in their ways. Their sword shall go through their own heart, and their bow shall be broken. 
A small thing that the righteous hath is better than great riches of the ungodly. For the arms of the ungodly shall be broken, and the Lord upholdeth the righteous. The Lord knoweth the days of the godly, and their inheritance shall endure for ever. They shall not be confounded in the perilous time, and in the days of dearth they shall have enough. As for the ungodly, they shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall consume as the fat of lambs, yea, even as the smoke shall they consume away. The ungodly borroweth and payeth not again, but the righteous is merciful and liberal. Such as are blessed of God shall possess the land, and they that are cursed of him shall be rooted out. The Lord ordereth a good man's going, and maketh his way acceptable unto himself. Though he fall, he shall not be cast away, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here beginneth the fifth chapter of the book of Esther. Now it happened on the third day that Esther put on her royal robes, and stood in the inner court of the king's palace, across from the king's house, while the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house, facing the entrance of the house. So it was when the king saw Queen Esther standing in the court, that she found favor in his sight, and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter, and the king said to her, what do you wish, Queen Esther? What is your request? It shall be given to you, up to half the kingdom. So Esther answered, If it pleases the king, let the king and Haman come today to the banquet that I have prepared for him. And the king said, Bring Haman quickly, that he may do as Esther has said. So the king and Haman went to the banquet that Esther had prepared. At the banquet of wine, the king said to Esther, What is your petition? It shall be granted you. What is your request? Up to half the kingdom. It shall be done. Then Esther answered and said, My petition and request is this. If I have found favor in the sight of the king, and if it pleases the king to grant my petition and fulfill my request, then let the king and Haman come to the banquet which I will prepare for them, and tomorrow I will do as the king has said. So Haman went out that day joyful and with a glad heart. But when Haman saw Mordecai in the king's gate, and that he did not stand or tremble before him, he was filled with indignation against Mordecai. Nevertheless, Haman restrained himself and went home, and he sent and called for his friends and his wife Zeresh. Then Haman told them of his great riches, the multitude of his children, everything in which the king had promoted him, and how he had advanced him above the officials and servants of the king. Moreover, Haman said, Besides, Queen Esther invited no one but me to come in with the king to the banquet that she prepared. And tomorrow I am again invited by her, along with the king. 
Yet all this avails me nothing, so long as I see Mordecai the Jew sitting at the king's gate. Then his wife Zeresh and all his friends said to him, Let a gallows be made, fifty cubits high, and in the morning suggest to the king that Mordecai be hanged on it. Then go merrily with the king to the banquet. And the thing pleased Haman, so he had the gallows made. Here endeth the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begin, beginneth the epistle of St. Paul to the Romans. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God, through Jesus Christ, for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I may mention of you always in my prayers, making request if by some means, now at last I may find a way in the will of God to come to you, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established, that is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren, that I often planned to come to you, but was hindered until now, that I might have some fruit among you also, just as among the other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to Greeks and to barbarians, both to wise and to unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you 
who are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. Here endeth the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee and do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit <clears throat> from us. Grant to us, Lord, we beseech thee, to the Spirit to think and do always such things as are right that we who cannot do anything that is good without thee may by thee be enabled to live according to thy will through jesus christ our lord amen o god from whom all holy desires all good counsels and all just works do proceed give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments and also that by thee we being defended from the fear of our enemies may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. Thought of, thoughts about our lessons for tonight. We have to begin in Psalm 37, uh, which is um, a marvelous psalm for, for the reason that it has a, a strong resonance with the wisdom tradition that surrounds it and the wisdom writings of the Old Testament. Um, one of the keynote features of, of, wisdom, of the wisdom literature is its meditation upon the, the brevity of life, but particularly the insubstantial quality of life uh, practiced by the wicked, uh, by those who are, who are not bound by faithfulness to the covenant. Um, which is a giant catch-all term. But um, what it refers back to is really uh, Genesis chapter 3 and what happens in the, the initial rebellion of humankind. Um, and what happens is, is that in the creation, 
um, in the, you know, when God creates the heavens and the earth, he creates a world full of life for the, for Adam and Eve to occupy and to draw, to participate in the life of. Um, and one of the things that happens during the rebellion um, that is perpetrated by the serpent and which conscripts Adam and Eve is the creation of a kind of anti-creation insofar as it can exist. And this is what will, when it sort of flourishes into it, into the fullness of what it becomes, it becomes what we later will call in the New Testament, the world um, of which the flesh, that the power of the flesh in us participates. Um, the world is really a kind of um, human devilish anti-creation um, that's trying to hold out its own, its own boundary lines while being surrounded by this, you know, you know, this magnificently rich world of creation. Um, and ultimately, that is the contrast between righteousness and wickedness in the imagination of the scriptures, um, is that the, the world uh, that the, uh, the righteous occupy is the world of God's good creation, and it is full and beautiful and true. Um, and the world of the wicked is this world of anti-creation, is this small, you know, sort of paucity of, of, of a world where it, there's a, it's marked by scarcity and, and kind of self-interest because there's just nothing really there. It's, it's an, an illusory world um, that barely exists and only exists in so far as, as human and, and diabolical rebellion keep, it, keep its boundaries sort of propped up. And so it's being hemmed in on all sides, though, by God's good creation. And this explains why we see continually in the kind of what we might call the, the physics of the Psalms, um, that the, the, the righteous inhabit this world where, it's, where eventually the more they dwell in it, the more they realize that the only right thing to do there is to be merciful, to be forgiving, to be generous and hospitable, because there's just so much goodness there to share. Why would they ever feel the need to withhold it? Whereas on the other side, those who dwell in that perspective, in that tiny little world, that hellish little world of, of, the, of, of, that, of anti-creation, the, of wickedness, that is the world where things barely exist and, so, and things are, are so few and far between because humans and, and devils, we can't create like God can create. And so these little fragments of anti-creation, we kind of hoard to ourselves and it ends up being just dust in our hands at the end of the day. So the, the point of this, though, is that this takes a long time to reveal which world we're living in sometimes. And that, to, to, you know, in the end, the truth will out always, whether we've been living in God's good creation by its law or whether we've been trying to hold our own in the world of anti-creation. And this is reflected in the reading from Esther tonight because you have, um, you know, you have this, this curious quality to the whole book of Esther where uh, God is not mentioned a single time. Um, you know, in the entire book, God is not directly mentioned. The God of, of, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of the Jews, is not directly mentioned. And yet, there is all this evidence of concern to be faithful to him. We see at the end of Esther chapter 4, which feeds into Esther chapter 5, the practicing the calling of a fast to, for the, this intercessory work to save the people from Haman's wicked decree. And that mirrors exactly what we saw in the book of Daniel, more directly attributed to faithfulness to God by Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so we see these same kind of movements of the spirit guiding these people in the midst of Babylon and Persia. And yet at the same time, there is a much, there is, there is no direct mention of God in the midst of this. And it's a lot like the Psalms that in the moment to moment, it may seem like the people of God are about to die. They're about to get completely destroyed by this wicked decree. They've been out politicked. And yet there is something at work in the midst of all of this that will be revealed in the end. 
Um, and the drama of Esther is such that, no, God prevails. Even in the midst of Persia, he has zero difficulty in prevailing over the enemies of his people, if his people will be faithful to him. And also he gives, you know, he gives people this long stretch of time um, in which to, you know, choose which world they want to be a part of, that world of God's good creation or that world of devilish anti-creation. And in the end, everybody reaps the fruit of the world that they've picked, whether it be life upon life in God's good world or the, the wages of that anti-creation, which is death. And we'll see that begin to play out here. It's worth noting too, and this is just a quirky thing that, that I find you know, mildly entertaining, is uh, that Herodotus, the Greek historian, points out about the Persians, um, which is part of this chapter in chapter five, that the, the banquet of wine, um, the Persians were noted as a kind of philosopher people, um, and they were noted for their very good sense and like sort of you know very virtuous temperance in almost everything, except it was widely notorious that they had a bit of a weakness for wine. And the fact that Esther um, chooses the banquet of wine to sort of enact, begin the enacting this plan is just a, a sign of inspiration, but also a sign of like, of a kind of stratagem that you just have to appreciate. And of course we move into Romans chapter one. We begin this work in Romans, which is largely talking about the same thing. And Paul is talking, is going to be unfolding as he says in chapter one, the mystery of God's good work that has been at work in all pe among all peoples in all times, but has been lately in his own generation revealed in its fullness through the person of Jesus Christ. And what he's going to share is the gospel is really this, this sort of hidden work of God that has been made manifest, that was sort of partially manifested to the people of Israel through the law, but has also been partially revealed to all the Gentiles through the ordering of creation. And nevertheless, both peoples in their sort of separate silos are now being brought into one new family that is entered into as one receives this revelation through Jesus Christ. And so like with Esther, it seemed as though for many, many generations that God was, you know, working in these quiet, indirect, you know, silent ways. And yet in one great apocalyptic revelation in the person of Jesus, the fullness of the invisible God has been made manifest in the face of Christ and his goodwill to save mankind has been ushered in and, and provided for by that same Christ. And now all there is left to do is to be folded into that one people that's now being created. And so as we see in the Psalm where, you know, the, the wicked and the righteous coexist in the same world and some capitalize on the fact that God works quietly and some quietly are faithful to that quiet work. In the end, the revelation comes, the apocalypse dawns and judgment falls. And in the end, you know, the, the, the fruit of the thing we've been cultivating and pursuing that is the fruit that we gather and that we have to show for our lives. And so, you know, like Esther, like St. Paul, like all the faithful, let's quietly attend in our own ordinary ways to this quiet revelation that has been put into our hearts through Christ by the Spirit. Uh, because in the end, that will be the life that is much worth living. That will be the life that, as the psalmist says in the end, um, is blessed of God. And as we will say in the next verse of that psalm, I have been young and now I am old, and yet I never saw the righteous forsaken, uh, nor having to beg his bread. Continuing with our intercession on page 590. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, 
and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining tonight. And thank you to Barbara and to Chris, my co-leaders tonight. I hope you all have a wonderful evening. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Have a good night. Thank everybody. you so much. Yeah, have a good evening. You too. Good seeing you, Nancy. You too, Ed.